So lay out the logistics. You want to look at your race course. You want to look at the course map so that you kind of can mentally prepare. Okay, there's a water stop at mile two and a half, and then there's fuel and a potty at, I don't know, mile four. So you know where your aid stations are, where the bathrooms are, kind of the route that you're going to be taking, because it's nice to be on the course and be like, oh, I just have to get to that street and turn right. Oh, I can easily run to that. And then you turn. Oh, I only have to get to that street. Oh, I can make it to there. That kind of stuff. You want to figure that stuff out. If you have ever asked yourself, how do I run a race injury-free or get out of the constant injury cycle, then this is the podcast for you. Welcome to Healthy Runner, where I will teach you how to enjoy lifelong injury-free running so you can continue getting in those mental clearing runs and even hitting PRs well into your 40s, 50s, and beyond. My name is Dr. Dwayne Scotty, avid half marathoner, coach, running physical therapist, and founder of Spark Physical Therapy Healthy Runner, where we help dedicated runners get stronger, run faster, and enjoy lifelong injury-free running with the perfect online running coach, even if you have been told to stop running with an injury. Learn more about our signature coaching program at programs.sparkyourtraining.com. Make sure you subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts or follow the show on Spotify so you don't miss the next episode. Thanks for joining me. Now on to the show. Hey, healthy runners, are you ready for your glow up? Have you guys heard the news yet? Knox Gear's signature product, the Tracer, which I have been glowing about, see what I did there, for the better part of nine months now, has just been re-engineered for a better fit, higher visibility, more color modes, and twice the LEDs for your brightest move yet with the Tracer 2. All of our healthy runners use Knox Gear during this time of the year when the days are getting shorter in order to get in those runs, even if it is dark outside. One of my pet peeves is when I'm driving and I don't see a runner until the last minute because they're not visible because they're not using Knox Gear. We are all about runner health on this podcast and Knox Gear's Tracer 2 is an essential running tool to keep you safe and visible while running. The Tracer 2 keeps me lit up from all directions during my 5.30 a.m. runs, and I always get shout-outs and comments from other walkers and people traveling in cars because they notice the light display I'm giving off. If you are looking for running gear that will actually help you stay safe while running, we've got a special offer for you where you can save 35% off by using the code HEALTHYRUNNER. Just head to noxgear.com. That's N-O-X-G-E-A-R.com and use the code HEALTHYRUNNER at checkout to save 35% off. Go ahead and give Knox Gear a try. Trust me, you will never feel safer running. All right, we are live. What is going on, Healthy Runner community? I am super excited to bring you this episode, this deep dive training on everything you need to know before you run a race. We are going to be taking an ultimate deep dive training in executing the perfect race preparation in order to crush your race for your big day. And this has been a training in the making for many, many years. So if you've ever been someone who, number one, has never run a race before and you're about to run your first race, or if you've run races before and you just feel like you haven't had things figured out. 
whether it's from a preparation standpoint, a mindset standpoint, a nutrition standpoint, a hydration standpoint, a strategy standpoint during the race. We are going to get into all of that today. And I have with me a very special person. I have Coach Whitney on our Healthy Runner coaching team with me today. And she is going to drop some knowledge bombs for you about your big race day. Welcome back onto the show, Coach Whitney. How are you? I am doing great. Thanks for having me. I'm super excited about this topic. This is something that is so important to all runners. Doesn't really matter what distance you're racing, but this is stuff you need to know, guys. Like for real, need to know this stuff. So it's gonna be yeah, awesome. And I, I know there are some of you guys who, you know, are running and you're listening to the podcast and you're like, well, I'm not into races. And that's totally cool. Um, so this might not be the episode for you, but there are a large majority of you who are out there running and you're training for a particular race, whether it's a 5k, a 10k, a half marathon, a marathon or an ultra, all of the principles that we're going to share with you today, you are going to be able to utilize during your race. And the best part about this is these are the proven tactics that have worked with our whole Healthy Runner coaching team. So we've like crowdsourced this information from our team of experts. And not only it's what we think, but it's what we've ourselves implemented and what we've had our clients that we work with in our Healthy Runner coaching program implement and have gotten success with. So these are going to be like 10 proven tactics that we're going to be covering so you can feel strong and confident on race day. So you can be happy about that medal that you get and shout out to those who will be running the Cheshire half marathon uh, this coming weekend. Make sure if you are running that you stop by the Spark Healthy Runner booth. We'll have our booth there. We have many of our athletes running it, coaches running it, but stop by, say hello. I would love to meet you guys. Um, in person for those of you who are in Connecticut and will be running the Cheshire half. Um, so we want you to like feel good about these guys, these medals that you get, right? And you don't want to feel like, hey, I was just literally dragging myself across the finish line. We want you to feel strong and confident because you put in the training and we are going to actually give you a bonus goodie. Really everything that Coach Whitney is going to cover with you today is on online in a mini ebook that we put together specifically written for you to take the guesswork. It's going to include a race ready checklist and more importantly, or not more importantly, but I think super important is the race day game plan, which is going to actually like take the guesswork out of you when you have those nerves and your mind's like all over the place on race day. I don't know about you guys, but I've definitely been there before. Um, and if we can take that guesswork away so you can execute, that is the goal. So I guess I'll introduce myself first. For those of you that don't know me, and maybe you're listening to the podcast and you like searched in Spotify or on Apple and you're like, what to do before a race? And you found this podcast. Thank you for finding it. Um, I'm Dr. Dwayne Scotty. I am a physical therapist for runners as well as a run coach. And I'm the founder of Spark Healthy Runner um, and our community and the host of this uh, podcast. So I just absolutely love what I do, helping runners be able to get stronger, feel more confident and become lifelong injury-free runners. 
And Coach Whitney, if you don't mind providing a little introduction, I know you've been on the podcast many times before, but for those that are new in our community, can you just share a little bit about some of your backstory? Sure. Um, like Dwayne said, I'm Coach Whitney. I have been a part of the coaching team for a little over a year now. Um, it's been pretty awesome. I've helped runners that are just starting to run um, get into the sport. I've helped people with marathons and all the distances in between. It has been really awesome. I am a certified run coach, and I actually just got certified as a track and field coach, which is totally out of my element. I don't know anything <laughs> about the field events. So it's been pretty fun. Um, I've been a runner for almost eight years myself. Um, I started running as a way to lose weight after I had my second baby. Um, and running is like my jam. Like it's, I live and breathe running. Whether I'm running or talking about it, it's pretty much all I do. So this has been a great fit working with the Healthy Runner team. So I'm just happy to be here. Indeed it has. And uh, Coach Whitney is helping many of our clients in our Healthy Runner coaching program um, crush some big uh, race goals, some PRs, some new race distances. So she has a lot of experience um, implementing the strategies that we're going to talk about today. Can those that are on the Facebook lives, can you guys do me a favor and just type in live? Because for some reason today, I'm not seeing you guys pop up at all. So I would love to know who is here uh, within our community. So I give you a little shout out. And as we're going and we do this live, um, you know, drop any of your questions that you have in the comment box. Like we would love to clarify anything. And if you're watching the replay within Facebook or in our Spark Your Training YouTube channel, just type in replay. Let me know you caught this video. Um, we would love to be able to connect with you and find out you know, what you liked about the video and um, any of the principles that were helpful for you. So I guess the first thing that I do wanna say is this race day blueprint has been something that we've wanted to put together for a while now. And this has literally been, I would say like five to six months in the making. And we actually have this literal like PDF blueprint that you can print out and go through the principles. And when we get to the checklist part, you guys are going to like that checklist that you can literally check the box make sure you've packed everything. And then when we talk about the schedule. So if I guess, first off, if you want the blueprint and you're watching the video version of this, just type in race or blueprint below and we will shoot you the direct link so you can download yours today. Um, and then if you're listening to this on the podcast, definitely like you're on a run right now, obviously you're not typing anything, right? You're like just crushing your miles right now. Hopefully you're keeping that easy pace if it's an easy run, um, or maybe you're hitting some threshold pace if it's a tempo run, but after your run, make sure you go to the show notes and go get your blueprint. Um, this I, I would like to say, and this is, I need to give a shout out and thank coach Whitney because this has been a lot of behind the scenes editing magic that she has done putting this all together. And we've been kind of working on the edits for a while. And I would like to say is I, I think it's almost our, our most proud accomplishment um, for, for a kind of an ebook. We've done a lot of ebooks before on specific injuries. We have our spark blueprint, which is like our foundational principles of how to run strong and healthy. But this race day blueprint, I am actually like very proud of this. So thank you, Coach Whitney, for putting this together and all the time and effort that you put into it. Of course, it was super fun. Like these are, like I said, very important things that everybody needs to know. Even if you're not racing, like a lot of the things that we're going to talk about 
are important just for runners in general. So um, it was actually pretty fun to put together. Some of the things I was like, oh, remember the time that I went to a race and forgot my watch because I was leaving it charging? Ooh. Like you get to the race <laughs> and you're like, seriously? So that's kind of fueled some of the things that I put in here. So just the little things that I oops done. So. I know, right? We could probably do a whole episode on like race flaws and like things we've messed up at races. Um, you know, when your headphones like just die, like right in the beginning and you're used to listening to music and now you're like super stressed. Cause you're like, man, I never run in silence, right? There's just so many, <laughs> there's so many things I could think about of things that I did wrong on race day. Um, so this is honestly, guys, we're going to streamline this for you and hopefully you can prevent all the mistakes that we've made over the years. Um, and, and get this right from the beginning. So let me just give a shout out to you guys here on Facebook. Uh, Susanna's here live. She just crushed her first double digit, uh, run the other day. So she is doing awesome. Chris, what's going on? You made it. Yes, you did. Kaylee, thank you so much for joining. Um, Mark's here on the live. Mark's about to crush Cheshire himself. Marcus, thank you so much for tuning in. Marcus, Amy's here. How are you, Amy? Katya is here. And Katya is a uh, shining star within our Healthy Runner coaching program. And this is like top of mind for me because she just finished her goal half marathon last Saturday um, and crushed her race implementing these strategies. So we actually did a kind of early release of this blueprint for those that were in our program. And um, she's implemented these strategies that uh, Coach Whitney is gonna be talking about today. And it really showed in how she felt strong and confident. And the one thing that she had texted me um, that I just like absolutely loved was, <laughs> she said, you know, I heard you in my head during that last mile and I was actually running strong and confident because we had talked about that before. And if she implements the strategy, then you're not dragging yourself at the end. You actually are running strong and confident, passing people at the end. And she was able to do that. So she is a, just one kind of um, example of what happens when you implement these principles. And Kaylee, you're definitely getting the blueprint. Um, congrats to you for taking charge of your health, uh, jumping in our program um, just uh, yesterday, actually. Um, so you will definitely be getting that blueprint. But let's get into this, uh, Coach Whitney. Um, you know, I guess the big thing is, first off, I guess what we'll outline, maybe if we can kind of go through really our 10 tips for a great race. Then we could talk about like the race ready checklist and how to use that. And then your race day game plan. Um, how does that sound to you? Does that sound like a plan? That sounds awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Sure. Yes. Me too. So am I so structured. And that's what most people love about our coaching program. It's like everyone loves structure. Well, maybe not everyone, but I feel like most runners love structure and that's what they really yes. need to get some clarity and focus and structure on what they should be doing for their run and strength plans. Um, so let's structure this out for folks. Um, so yeah, what's our first tip for a great race? So tip number one, nothing new on race day. Your nutrition needs to be what you practice with. If you're doing your long runs and you're using the Morton gel, don't switch to cliff energy blocks on race day. That's not smart. Your stomach's going to freak out and you're probably going to be running to the bathroom and losing a lot of time. So use what you practice on race day, your fuel, your water, your chews, your salt tabs, whatever you do, the spacing that you do, whether you fuel at every three miles, every 30 minutes, every whatever you and your coach have worked out 
do it. Do it exactly how you've practiced it. Nothing new, nothing, 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 nothing. Love it. So exactly what you practice in terms of nutrition, hydration. Remember, all of your long runs are your practice for your big event, right? And we always remind our clients of that as they're getting down to their last couple of, you know, long runs before their, you know, event. And depending upon if there's a taper or not, um, that's the time to practice, not on race day. All right. So same old, same old, nothing new on race day. Um, what is our second tip? your gear. You need to make sure you have your gear. We call it flatten yourself out. So the day before, maybe two days before, if you're traveling, lay your gear out, literally all of it. You lay your capris out or your shorts, you lay your underwear out. Because let me tell you, there are different undies and sometimes the seams will rub. I have a pair that I wear and right on the small of my back, I get this huge, you know, chafing mark. So lay out the good undies the good sports bra, the top you're gonna wear, all the overlayers that you're gonna wear, your arm sleeves, your gloves, your ear warmers, your sunglasses, your hat, socks, shoes, everything you are going to wear. You lay it out and you take a picture. Take a picture with your bib. It's kind of fun to have a flat runner at the night before. Post it on social media, get everybody excited, kind of rub yourself up. But that way you also make sure that you have the right pair of socks. I had, <laughs> One of my clients that I was working with had a pair of socks that had a, like a prickery thing in them. So we, we talked about it and he was like, I don't know what happened. I've worn these before. So I said, just get rid of them. So he doesn't wear them anymore, but stuff like that, the socks that you know are going to work, all of it and nothing new. Like we said, for the nutrition, nothing new on race day, never bad idea. Yeah. You don't want to be stressing out like race morning and be like, where are those socks again? Are they like in the laundry basket? Are they in the, like the wa the dryer? Are they like, if you're like my house, I know with all the loads of laundry that are happening, it's like where, which basket is, where is it folded? Is it in the drawer? Yeah. Get it all out there. And like coach Whitney said, like, take that picture. And it's yeah. like, it's like a nice memory too. It's like, oh yeah. What did I wear for Cheshire last year? It's like, oh, if I forgot, like, let me go to the pictures, right? If you go to your post-race pictures or you just go to your pre-race picture. Um, and it is kind of fun. I like to have fun with it. it like where, how, how you position your sneaks and it's like, yeah. oh yeah, what shoes did I wear? And then it's like, when you get like Facebook memories come up like three years ago, four years ago, you're like, wow. Oh, I wore those shoes back then. You know, it's like comes up and you're like, oh, that's what I wore. <laughs> it also helps you to make sure you have your shoes because there was one race that I didn't do this. Oh and it was goodness. like a little small town race here and race morning. I went to go find my shoes and I could only find one. It had fallen behind. I put my shoes on top of the dryer. My current running shoes are always on top of the dryer so that the kids don't dirty them with their shoes. And it had fallen behind the dryer and it took me like 45 minutes to find the darn shoe. So if you lay them out with your clothes, you don't lose them. So another and, uh, thing. And Katya, uh, brings up a good point that after you lay yourself out flat, make sure you pack it. If you have a destination race, <laughs> she said she forgot to pack, pack a tank top one time. She had to spontaneously uh, buy one before the race. <laughs> uh, that can be, that can be dangerous. Yeah. All right. So now what, are, what is our third tip here? So lay out the logistics. You want to look at your race course. You want to look at the course map so that you kind of can mentally prepare. Okay. There's a water stop at mile two and a half. And then there's fuel and a potty at, I don't know, mile four. 
so you know where your aid stations are, where the bathrooms are, kind of the route that you're going to be taking, because it's nice to be on the course and be like, oh, I just have to get to that street and turn right. Oh, I can easily run to that. And then you turn. Oh, I only have to get to that street. Oh, I can make it to there. That kind of stuff. You want to figure that stuff out, get your mind right. Um, but you also want to figure out where you're going to park. Um, where you're gonna meet your family after the race. You wanna figure out where the drop bags go or where you're gonna pick those up. There's all a whole bunch of logistical things like that that you need to think of before your race because you don't wanna get there and have your family waiting for you, but they missed you coming through the finish shoot for some reason. And now they're standing down by the bagels and you're over by the massage tent and you can't find each other and your phone battery died. You don't want to be that person that has to have them call over the PA system. Um, hey, Mr. Lacombe, come meet your wife. She's lost. Can you come to the massage tent? Because that's just embarrassing. So stuff <laughs> like that that you need to remember and, you know, figure out beforehand. So not that yeah. that happened. <laughs> never happened before, right? Never, it's just a different never. Mr. Lacombe. Yeah. <laughs> um, so this is actually one part of the... PDF and the ebook that I really love is that we kind of linked previous race series resources. So if you guys haven't noticed, you know, every episode, I like to kind of synthesize information and take, you know, different interviews we've done in the past and kind of bring it together for you. So it's, it, it goes with that theme of the day. And today's theme of the day is all about our race series um, resources. And what we've done in this document is we've actually linked kind of how do you prepare for a half marathon um, episode. So I'm going to drop that link right now um, within Facebook for you guys. If you haven't listened to that episode, I would highly recommend it. It's actually our most listened to episode on the podcast. Um, so I would definitely check that one out because it kind of goes into laying out the logistics and like what to do before the race. Um, but let's get into our fourth tip, shall we coach? Yes. So tip number four is line up your cheerleaders. So the bigger the race, the more cheerleaders you're going to want or the more spots you're gonna to wanna to place them. So for a 5K, you might only stick your family at mile one and then meet them at the finish line. For a 10K, maybe you'll have them meet you at mile one and then maybe at mile five, you can figure that out with them, figure out how hard it's gonna be logistically for them to figure out how to get from place to place. But then you want to, talk to them and say, okay, you're going to need to be on my left side at this corner of the street. So I know to look for you. And it's really fun to have your kids or your family or your friends make signs. I did virtual Boston marathon in October. And let me tell you, first of all, Arizona, October races are stupid and hot and gross, but my kids made signs for me. And my favorite one was my five-year-old at the time. Her sign said, I love you. Please don't show me your blisters. Like things like that just kind of keep you going. They make you laugh. They get you re-energized. I've seen ones that say tap here for power or for a boost or whatever. And, or the kids that are standing with giving you high fives and you don't know them, but why not give them a high five? It makes their day. It makes you run faster. So figure out where your people are going to be. Have them have signs, cowbells, whistles, anything to make noise and kind of rev you back up. So I'm doing a race in May, in six weeks. And uh, I've already planned out where my husband's gonna be at this, each different stop that I want him at. 
So it's only a half marathon, so he's only going to be at three different spots, but um, he's definitely going to be at the finish line. So you got to figure that out. And then we kind of talked about already having a plan for where you're going to meet everybody at the finish line. So when you logistically plan where they're going to be, you also need to tell them, you need to meet me at the bagel guy, or you need to wait at this porta potty and you need to go there together. So everybody sees it and it's physically there and knows how to get there. So that when your phone dies, you're not being called over the, over the loud system, having the guy with the megaphone run around screaming your name. So <laughs> there are a lot of logistics. <laughs> Sounds like some of this has happened before. <laughs> Sounds like you're talking from not personal experience. <laughs> yeah, you guys can learn from all of my mistakes because let me tell you, I've made them all. <laughs> some multiple times because I don't learn very fast. So. Yeah, and I, I think that is important to figure out you know, where family will be positioned. It's always nice to have those landmarks because you don't want to be stressing while you're running a race, right? Like I've definitely been there before. It's like, oh, my family should be around here. And you're like scouring the crowd, left side, right side. Like, where are they? What shirt were they wearing again? What color are they wearing, right? You're like, and your mind doesn't need to be thinking about that when you're racing, right? You need to like, just be focused. And then it's, hey, I know where they're going to be. And boom, there they are. Um, exactly. And the sign uh, that you mentioned, I remember, actually, this is like the most memorable. Um, my family has definitely been, you know, to some of my races before, probably like a lot of my earlier ones, um, not so much like the last couple of years, but definitely the first and only marathon that I did. I just, I actually came across that sign um, a couple of weeks ago and we were kind of cleaning out our basement and, you know, it was a big sign. It was like, Team Scotty 26.2. So now I have it in my garage. I like hung it up in my garage. So I can always look at that and just have that nice memory of, of that first uh, marathon. So That's yeah, awesome. get, get your family to make those signs for you guys and make sure you plan out where those cheerleaders will be on the course. Um, and really where you're going to meet up at the finish. Right. Um, yeah. Like I said, right. you don't want to be that person that gets lost. So. Yep. Perfect. So tip number five, what is it? Arrive early. You don't want to be that person that parks their car and is sprinting to the start line or that Ubers to the race because you don't want to take the shuttle that the race provides and you get to the start and you're like, where is everybody? And the guy standing there's like, well, the race started three minutes ago. And you're like, ah! <laughs> not that that's happened either. Um, <laughs> so logistically figure out how long it's going to take you from your house to the parking lot that you've pre-decided on and how you're going to get from that parking lot to the start line. Now, some race, bigger races like Boston, New York have starting corrals that are kind of separate from the start line. Um, so you need to figure all that logistical stuff out, but that's pretty race specific. If you arrive super early, which also has never happened, you can sit in your car. You don't need to just stand around and like be super awkward. And sometimes you're by yourself and you don't have anybody to talk to. So you just look kind of weird. Sit in your car, stay warm, listen to some tunes, like pump yourself up and then go out, find the porta potty, do your dynamic warm up, do your little run warm up, then get to the start line. So, but arrive early because you don't want to be that person that starts the race after the race starts. Yeah. And if there was ever a race 
that I was going to kind of go back to my car and warm up. I always like to kind of scour the environment if you've never done the race before. Right. So usually I'd get out like all bundled up, you know, if it is early and it is still chilly, if it's spring or fall time, um, it's usually pretty chilly if you get there really early in the morning and it's probably still dark and, you know, go scour, like, where's the start line actually. Okay. Where's the porta potties? Like, where is, how many do they have? Like, does it look like there's going to be a really long line? Like I always like to get the lay of the land. And then if you want to, you know, you're not there with friends or something and you want to like stay warm in the car, then go back to the car. It's always nice just to decrease that anxiety, right? There's already so much race anxiety that we have before a race. And, you know, it's, it's nice to kind of get the lay of the land, so to speak, and just figure out where things are and figure out where the start line is. Like that's most important because sometimes, you know, where you park or where the expo area is, is not even close to the start line. So making sure, you know, you ask someone or you find out like, where is the actual start line? And I always like to know that. And then I feel like, okay, I know where the start line is. I get an idea of like how, you know, when we talk about timing of getting to that start line, you know, it gives you a little better idea of, you know, how much time you actually have. So tip number five is arrive early, uh, make sure we're decreasing that stress. And I know that these races go off early, or especially if you're running like a warmer weather race, um, either early summer, late summer, um, or if you're in a climate that has warm temperatures all the time, like you're in Florida and you're running races, like I'm sure they start super early, um, before that sun really starts like melting you on the pavement. So if you're running a run Disney race, you're like literally leaving your hotel at 3am, um, and done that once before. So it's like very early, but getting there early is, is super important just to decrease some of those, um, pre-race nerves. Yes, definitely. <laughs> All right, let's go on to, so we're more than halfway there. We're, we, yeah. we've gotten five tips. We got five more to go. So what's this is tip number six. Don't miss your warm up. Okay. We, I used to laugh and joke at the guys that would be like before a 5k, like sprinting and doing lunges and leg swings. I was like, that's so weird. Why are they doing that? You need to do it. Like, it doesn't matter if you're doing a 5k. It doesn't matter if you're doing a full marathon, an ultra, you need to do your warm up because you are going to perform better. If you do your warm up. you need to do, listen to what your coach tells you to do for your warm up Cause everybody's slightly different. Um, 10 to 20 minutes of a little bit of run jog, slow jog, a dynamic warm-up. We have a great dynamic warm-up for you that takes the guesswork out of it and is super easy to do on race morning. And I highly recommend it. But guys, seriously, don't skip your warm-up. It's asking for you to one, not perform that well, and two, the possibility of getting injured because you're not warm. So don't skip it. Man, yeah, you're preaching to the choir over here. You know that one. And I don't know if you saw this uh, post today in our uh, coaching client community. Um, one of our members who just uh, joined last week, she actually did a trail, uh, you know, race, a fun race this past weekend. And she was doing her dynamic warm up with her video going. Uh, so this is the uh, most viewed video on our YouTube channel is our five minute warm up for runners. Um, it's an instructional video. I kind of talk you through the exercises um, or we have the written 
version underneath there, captions for you. Uh, and it's really kind of go through in five minutes, how to prime your body for go time. We're getting the blood flow in there, getting your muscles activated and taking you through some movements. Um, the one thing I will say is you definitely don't want race day to be the first time you've done this warm up. And I actually just um, posted this um, for our Cheshire uh, half marathon as Kathleen is just typing into Facebook here, or Cheshire peeps. Um, yeah, we're looking forward to seeing you Kathleen, uh, in this weekend, uh, for the Cheshire half and doing our warm up together, but we always do this at kind of any of the local road races that we attend. Um, everyone all are welcome. Um, you don't need to be in our community and our coaching program. Um, we want to help as many runners as possible, get loose, um, and make sure their body is warmed up for race day, but it is good if you go through these movements beforehand. And so you have some familiarity with it and it's not like totally new for your body. And then depending upon the length of your race, a 5k distance, for example, will require a longer warm up. So for most, unless it's your first 5k, um, if you've run multiple 5Ks and you're looking now to turn it up performance-wise, get a PR, PB, right? You want to run your best and you have to be thoroughly warmed up because the race time is short. The warm-up needs to be longer. So you're going for a jog, nice, easy jog, get blood flow in there. And then you're going through a dynamic warm-up. And again, if you normally do running drills and or plyometrics, then like you want to do some drills. You want to get like your muscles like really springy, turned on, activated, ready to go. The longer the race, the shorter the warm-up. So for a marathon, especially if it's your first, don't go for a jog beforehand. And you may not even need to do that much of a dynamic warm-up if it's your first. See how you feel. Have you done the dynamic warm-up during your long training runs, right? How did you feel for the 18 miler? How did you feel for the 20 miler? So those are just some general principles um, there. And we have some, you know, new or first time half marathoners that don't really jog beforehand. But if you're an experienced half marathoner, you should be going for at least a 10 minute jog just to get some blood flow in there before you really kind of warm up. And if you've never done that before, like, trust me, like give it a try and you'll notice a difference. Um, you know, for the marathon distance, I will also add in, you know, the key is really going out slow in those first, which we'll get into the strategy in a little bit. So I don't want to steer your thunder coach, but, um, you know, you don't really necessarily need to be that warmed up because those first couple miles is going to serve, uh, it, it will help kind of tame you a little bit. So you don't go out too hard or too fast. Um, but that's all I'll say about that. And for those, um, on Facebook, again, um, if you're listening to this on the replay, you will see, I just dropped that five minute dynamic warm-up video in the comments. So, um, check out the comments, scroll down and you will see that warm-up. Now we all know that one of the most frustrating parts about running can be eating healthy and avoiding raiding our cupboards after a nice hard or long run. That is why I'm super excited that I have found a way to fuel my day and curb my cravings anytime with the on-the-go Ucan Energy Bars. They are made from the same revolutionary super starch ingredient that makes up their widely popular energy powder and energy gels. I have one of these bars mid-morning or mid-afternoon to curb my cravings and give me the energy I need to get through my day and get me to my next meal. I even have some runners who fuel with these either pre-run or during their run. 
It is so easy on your stomach that you can run on these. I'm a big fan of the plant-based salted peanut butter energy bar, which is easy on my stomach, but I also have some running friends and clients who love the chocolate almond butter energy bar with whey protein. If you are looking for a healthy snack that will curb your cravings so you don't overeat after spending all that time running, we've got a special offer for you where you can save 25% off by using the code HEALTHYRUNNER. Just head to youcan.co. That's U-C-A-N dot C-O and use the code HEALTHYRUNNER at checkout to save 20%. Go ahead and give UCAN's energy bars a try and let me know how much better you feel. All right. I think we're on tip number seven. Lucky sevens. Lucky number seven, corral correctly, which also means line up with the correct pacing group. A lot of races, um, the longer distances, half marathons, uh, marathons. I've actually seen it at 5Ks too, um, which is kind of rare, I feel like. But you'll see guys holding sticks with a big sign with the top, their finish time, their goal finish time. If you are thinking you're going to finish your marathon in five and a half hours, do not line up with the 330 runners. Do not. Because they're just going to run you over. And then you're going to feel bad about yourself because you're not running the same pace that they're running. Likewise, if you are a 330 marathoner, don't run up with the, line up with the five-hour runners. Same with the half marathon. You want to, I don't like to stick with a pacer personally because I don't really ever know what their race plan is. Are they trying for even splits, negative splits? Are they thinking they're gonna, they're just gonna stop for a potty break? Like, I don't know what their plan is. So I try not to stick with them. I like to kind of keep them within my line of vision so I can be like, okay, if I wanna finish in this time, I gotta gun it at this point. Um, but you need to line up with the appropriate group. Now, if you're running with a friend and you're just kind of doing it for fun, kind of stick to the back. You don't need to be up in the front to have everybody passing you. Um, yeah, it was kind of weird when I saw it for a 5K. I'd never seen that before, but I think it was because it's this giant, it's our biggest race that Tucson does. It's called the Meet Me Downtown. It's the evening run. It kicks off summer. It's usually the first weekend of June. I'm gonna miss it this year because I'll be in Connecticut. Um, actually running with Dwayne, which will be fun. Yes. Um, yes. Can't wait. I, have, I haven't signed up yet. I can't decide. I'm toying between the half marathon and the 5k <laughs> with Will. I can't, haven't, I can't decide, but you guys need to line up with the correct pacing group. If you plan to pace, if not, and they don't have signs, sometimes they don't kind of judge how many people are at the race. Usually the people in the front and the tight singlets and the super shorty short shorts are going to be the super <laughs> fast runners. You probably, unless you're Lou, don't need to be up there with them. Like you can be back with the rest of us and kind of gauge where you need to be. So, yeah. So yeah. <laughs> if anyone is new to the podcast and they haven't, you're like, who's Lou? Um, so coach Lou is one of the coaches on our team. Uh, coach Lou is very fast. He's a sub three marathoner. Um, he got a PR for his marathon at Boston last fall and two weeks from today, right? Two weeks it is yeah. now. Two weeks from today, he'll be running Boston again. Uh, so yeah, Lou is super fast. Um, so yeah, if you're if you're like us mortal runners, then definitely start a little further back so you're not having people trample over you, and you don't feel bad that like all these people are passing you. Um, so now, tip number eight is going to be, I would say, 
coach, I don't know what you feel, but is probably what I spend the majority of my time when we do our deep dive coaching calls with our athletes before their race is really talking about this race strategy and this rule of thirds. And that's why I'm like super excited that we have this document now as well. So we can like give it to them in advance and then we can clarify questions and kind of really personalize it to them and create their pieces and things like that. Um, but this race strategy portion, if there's not anything that you guys remember from today's training, it is going to be tip number eight, and it's it's got to be this race strategy. Um, so, Coach Whitney, what is the race strategy that we should be implementing um, for a race? So, Dwayne mentioned it. It's called the rule of thirds. You want to break your run or your race into three parts. The first third, the second third, and the third third. <laughs> um, so, we'll start with the first third. You don't want to start too fast. Now, I am guilty of this because I know for a fact that I do this at every single race. It doesn't matter how much I try not to. I always go out too hard. I usually catch myself within the first few minutes, but I always, you know, the gun goes off and you just want to go. You're excited. You've got all this adrenaline pumping, but you have to hold back. You have to remember that this is not a sprint. This is a race. Like I've, I've trained for this. I have a coach that is telling me the strategies that I need to use. They're telling me to go slow. And if you're working with one of our coaches, most likely you've talked about your race strategy and the pacing goals that you guys have. Um, everybody is different. Everybody's goals are different. But I will say that first third, you really kind of want to use, especially for a half marathon and a marathon, you kind of want to use as a little bit of a warm up. You want to get your legs going. You want to kind of feel how it's going to, go and you can't bank time in a race. I know that sounds silly. Like, oh, if I run 10 seconds faster per mile or 30 seconds faster per mile, I'll be golden at the end. No, 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 no. What you're going to do is burn out your legs and then you're going to end up being even slower than you actually planned. So you need to hold back. I know it is hard. Trust me. I have, I'm working on my self-control, but you have to hold back. So that is the first third. And do you have anything you want to add you, to the first? Yeah. Before you get into the second, uh, third and yeah, I was guilty of this at all of my races. I always had the mindset of like, go out as hard as possible, Dwayne, and then just try to hang on, just try to hang on. And yep. like, literally those that are new to running, like that's what we call positive splits. Meaning with each mile of your race, you start getting slower and slower and slower. Um, that is not the recipe for getting a PR, um, normally have people done it before they have, if they've gotten pretty darn lucky and had a really good day. Um, and sometimes you get away with that in the shorter distances. Um, it's almost virtually impossible to get away with that for a half marathon and certainly not a marathon. Um, so it's going to be really important that you hold back. And for me, my biggest limiting factor at races is my breathing by far, like my legs, like you guys know how passionate I am about strength training. I've been strength training now for like 22 years straight through like every single week, right? 52 weeks out of the year. So my legs are never the limiting factor. It's my lungs. So for me at the beginning of a race, because I do get pumped up and I'm like, 
you know, the competitive edge comes on and I'm just like, all right, game time. Right. So for us adults who like, you know, we want to like bring it back to our youth and like competitive days, whatever competitive sport you did, right. This is our competitive sport, right. This is what our life's come down to is where we can challenge ourselves and be like, get a little competition. And so my competitive spirit comes out and then I just like want to go and I'm like pumped up. So it's a matter for me, I think about that first, especially half mile is like control your breathing. Like let's get in control of your breathing to get in a normal pattern and rhythm where you're, you're not getting out of control, where your heart rate's starting to spike right on the first mile. Cause if you're running, you know, anything more than really a 5k, like if your heart rate is like spiking right when the gun goes off and you're like panting already, like that is not a good sign <laughs> whatsoever. So I always think about, okay, main goal, main objective for this first third is get in control of your body, your breathing, your mindset, like find a nice, easy, comfortable pace that you've went over with your coach. It's going to be the slowest part of your race, these first three miles. And you need to be okay that people will be passing you because most of those people if you listen to what coach Whitney is about to tell you, you will wind up passing them later in the race. So it's a matter of just holding back, really think, hold back, get in control, your breathing, get in control, your running form, make sure it's relaxed. Your shoulders aren't up to your ears and you're like all tight and tense, right? You're relaxing your neck muscles. You're working on your stride. You're looking around, enjoying the environment, like smiling at people, right? Smiling helps you at a race. And you're just like taking it in and be like, yeah, I'm at a race. This is awesome. And let me get in control of my breathing. I'm not trying to run fast here. I just want to get in control and find a groove. All right. So let's talk about the second, uh, third or that middle portion. The second third. So strong and steady. This is where you want to really hone in on that race pace that you have discussed with your coach, whether it's a 910 pace, a 740 pace, a 1320 pace, whatever pace you and your coach have decided is your goal pace. You want to be within a, you know, five or six seconds of that on either side, a little bit faster, a little bit slower, depending on how you're feeling but you want to hone in on that specific race pace that you guys have discussed. Sometimes this is when the mental game starts to play. Well, I feel really good. Maybe I should push it. Oh, well, I can't believe that person just passed me. Well, now I have to pass them. No, no, no. This is your race. You don't worry about them. You worry about you. You worry about your plan and your coach knows how you can run. They're not going to give you a pace that's going to make you miss your goal. They're not going to give you a pace. that's going to be too hard. They are, they're working with you for at least 16 weeks, getting you ready. And they know you and your capabilities as a runner. So you know that they have set this goal pace that is realistic and is going to get you to the finish line, feeling good and injury free. Sometimes you can play mind games. You can try and count. I don't, Izzy says pink birds. I'm pretty sure other than flamingos, there aren't many pink birds out there but we do it in the car when we're bored. Oh, count the pink birds. Oh, count the guys in green. How many guys do you see in green shirts between now and mile six, whatever your second third is over. Count how many women with like baseball hats you see or 
something that makes it a little more fun. The other long run I did a couple weeks ago, I counted punch buggies. My son is obsessed with punch buggies, although he calls them slug bugs. He's totally wrong. It's punch buggies. (laughs) But in a 10 mile run, I saw eight of them. So kind of gave me something to do. I was looking at all the different kinds of cars, you know, makes miles go by faster. I was in my groove. I was going the pace I was supposed to be going eight punch buggies. So there are a lot of punch buggies in Arizona because I don't think I've seen eight punch buggies in Connecticut in probably the last year. (laughs) Well, yeah, you can count Teslas. You guys have a lot of those out there. (laughs) That is true. (laughs) That is true. Um, Any other tips during these middle miles at all? Slow and steady. You don't, not slow, but you want to be comfortable. Like Dwayne said before, you need to be in control of your breathing. You shouldn't, it, it should, it's a race. It's not going to be an easy run. So you're going to be running harder than you do on your easy runs, but you shouldn't be huffing and puffing and like gasping for air at this point. So be in control, calm it down, count punch buggies or whatever, and you'll get there. Yeah. I like to think of these middle miles as you are definitely working now. You are working. You're because, you know, the beginning third of the race, you are running faster than your easy pace during your training runs, you know, definitely. But because of the adrenaline, it doesn't feel like you're working that hard, right? Right. So your perceived effort is a little skewed from your normal perceived effort during training runs. Um, But I would say your perceived effort for like the, you know, first third may be like a six, probably feeling like around there. And then during these middle miles, you know, now you're at like a seven, maybe an eight during these middle miles and you're breathing heavy. You're not huffing and puffing panting, but you're breathing heavy, right? You're, you're making sure you get some nice cleansing breaths in there. You're exhaling, getting some oxygen. Um, and the hardest thing here is sometimes we can get lazy from a mental standpoint. So I like that you brought into like, what is going to keep you mentally stimulated? Because I think everyone is all jazzed up for the beginning of the race, obviously. And at the end of the race, as we're going to talk about it, it is all just kind of getting over those mental hurdles and it's like pushing and you know, the end is here. So some people can get up for the end, but it's the middle. Sometimes we drift away. So you just want to, I just tell my clients like, you know, check your watch, make sure you're not drifting you know, off your pace. Um, This is where you should be around your goal pace. And again, these goal paces are really based on your current running fitness. It's not based upon a half marathon you ran three or four years ago. It should be, you know, where was your fitness at during your training block for this race? Um, And then that's where these middle miles should be is pretty much almost at your goal pace around that range. And um, it's a matter of just not drifting and just staying kind of mentally focused. And it's like, hey, I'm going to be here for a while, but I'm just going to like dial in. I'm going to dial into this pace and I'm going to be staying here for a while. And, you know, just think about that as your goal that you're not you know, surging too quick, you're not pushing too hard, but you're not drifting and you're not slowing down um, during these middle miles. Yeah. Put on your headphones, listen to this podcast, listen to some music. You know, you can make a playlist ahead of time. That's going to have some good music. That's going to keep you kind of going. Um, But yeah, find what works for you and it'll help you. It really will. Yeah. That's a good point too, that you brought up the music, because I do like to try to have 
Um, you know, we talked about the first third to like, make sure you don't go out too fast. Mm-hmm. I, I listen to music during my races and I'll put like my like dance, like funny songs kind of in the beginning where I'm just like smiling, laughing, you know, I'm like feeling it, but they're not like the pump me up, pump me up. Like, Hey, run fast songs. Yep. Um, I save those guys till the end. Um, and then I like to add a little variety in these middle miles. So you have a couple like inspirational songs that aren't like too fast and, you know, make you like really run fast. And then you'll have some, you know, different beats in there. So it keeps it interesting, right? It's not like the same type of song that you're listening to the whole time. Um, I do have some uh, playlist on Spotify, by the way, if anyone is looking for music. Um, and I should have actually um, thought of these names, but I did use the word healthy runner. So if you search in Spotify in um, playlist, there is a strength training healthy runner that Coach Latoya kind of uh, put together. And I've been adding some songs there that I use in the gym for strength training. And then I do have a half marathon race healthy runner, which is exactly the playlist I used for my fastest half marathon last October in five years. Um, and then I also do have a 5k race, healthy runner, uh, playlist in Spotify in case you do want to get some ideas for music and, you know, all the songs might not be, um, kind of in your wheelhouse, right. Cause music is very personal to a lot of us. So like what I do is I make my own playlist by listening to other playlists. Right. And then you see what works for you. Um, but if you need some ideas on good songs for running, I think there's some good solid choices there. Um, and some ones that have really pumped me up, uh, during a race. Yeah. Sometimes in even like doing mile repeats, I'll throw on some like old school nineties grunge or something like, and I'm like, Oh yeah, I remember when this song was on, I was babysitting, you know, it just brings back all those memories and makes the miles easier. So yes. Yeah. Those throwback songs are like, just bring you back. And you're like, oh my goodness, like one of those songs in there is, I don't know if you remember, like Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch, like Good Vibration. It's like such a silly song, like listen to it now, but it's just like, just brings you back to those days. And then it's like, you know, it's like nostalgic. You're like laughing. You're like, yeah, yeah. There's some, there's like a dance move while I'm running. And I'm sure people like driving down the road are like, what is she doing? She's so weird. But sometimes you just got to. Got to move. Oh, I was literally uh, singing out loud. Um, I did have one of those like runner's highs, you know, like, you know, they don't happen on every run, but my last two long runs, uh, these last two weeks, I did 12 milers, really bringing my base training up um, this whole winter. And I was feeling strong at the end. And I'm practicing some negative splits at the end here, these last couple of miles. And I had, um, what was the song? it's uh, the Hamilton song, uh, my shot or one shot, uh, you know, that song came on. I'm not, I'm like literally screaming. I'm like on a runner's high. I'm like just feeling strong and fast. I'm telling you like the neighborhood, if anyone heard me, they're like, who is this guy running in the neighborhood? Like <laughs> we need to put a muzzle on him. Um, awesome. But yeah, no, you got to get crazy out there. You got to keep it yeah. fun. All right. So let's get to this final third of the race. What are we doing here? So this one is called dig deeper. The race has now begun. So this is when you're actually racing. This is when you kick it up a notch and you're running. Like you've got this, this is the end of the race. For me, when I get, I, it's hard to tell how the distance, but when I can see the finish line, 
I usually, that is when I am gunning it. It doesn't matter how tired my legs are, how exhausted I feel. I am sprinting to that finish line. And let me tell you, I'm throwing my hands up. Sometimes I'm doing the baby shark motions because that's the song that's playing. Like I am having fun <laughs> crossing that finish line because it's over. I'm done. I'm proud of myself. But you want to be going faster than you were in the previous two thirds of this race. You're, you've earned the time now. Now is the time you get to race. So you kick it up, you aim for those negative splits and you go, you go, you go, you go. You've trained for this. Your coach has taught you the tricks and the tips and the ways, the wise ways of your coach to get you to this point. Now you need to trust the process and go run, 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 run. Yeah, indeed. Um, this is, you've earned the right to race. This is like literally when the race begins, right? So oh. if you're looking at a half marathon, it's pretty much 5k left. It's like running a 5k race and you're just yeah. going all out at this point. Um, this, is, this is the fun part. This is when you get to pass all the people that passed you at the beginning because they went out too hard. You get to kind of snicker and laugh to yourself as you're like, hey, yep, you went out too fast. You went out too fast. And you could pass person after person. And then you can be like, that guy in the orange shirt, I'm going to pass him. And you pass him. And then that lady in the green, I'm going to pass her. And you pass her. And then you see the finish line. And it's like, oh, you get to go. It's awesome. Exactly. That's you're just like picking part. people off. Like yes. take one at a time, see someone in the distance, and you're just close that distance. And you're like, I'm going to get orange, you know, tank top guy. I'm going to get like blue shorts, girl. Um, yep. I'm going to get like that ponytail. That's like going all over the place that uh, <laughs> our guest last week, uh, which Doug was talking about, right. That ponytail coming up and down that vertical displacement. Um, you know, you're just picking people off and you're just grinding it out. You're breathing heavy. You're, you're going to places that, you know, you probably haven't gone before. Um, you know, this is where you're pulling out the mantras, um, you know, you're pulling out every mental tip trick that you've ever learned. Um, and this is where the going gets tough, but this is where the challenge is. This is going to suck. It's not going to feel good. Um, you know, going through this phase, but you're going to push, you're going to push hard. And then you're going to reach a point where you notice you're passing people and you're going to get the surge of energy like Whitney talked about as you're getting to that finish line and you're going to feel strong, you're going to feel confident. And you're like, Hey, I'm finishing this race, like confident and strong because I didn't burn out, um, in the beginning. And there is no better feeling than that, right. To finish a race, you know, strong and confident and that you gave it all you got and you were able to push and give that extra kick at the end. Um, yeah. And it's just so important, you know, to really hold back in that first third of the race um, as you're going. One of my favorite, well, two of my favorite things to think about in a, when I get to this point, this is a race, it's supposed to hurt. You paid to do this. It's supposed to be uncomfortable. This is not an easy run. And chocolate milk, chocolate milk, chocolate milk, chocolate milk. Over and over, every footstep, chocolate milk, chocolate milk, chocolate milk. That's my yeah. favorite post-run recovery, if anybody's curious. Um, although I did just have to go 
dairy free. So I'm not sure what I'm going to do, but <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it'll be worth it at the finish. I don't know. We'll see. But <laughs> got me through this many years. So. Yeah. No. And you know, the one I heard from our previous guest who shared his mental tips, uh, Paul DeVillo, who's on the podcast. I love that episode um, that he shared with us. And I've taken that now for my races of pain is temporary, pride is forever. Pain yeah. is temporary, pride is forever. And I'm just like saying that in my head as, you know, whether your quads are burning, you know, your lungs are burning, you can't breathe. Um, you're just feeling like, I want this thing over. Like it would be so much, your brain is telling you it would be so much easier to walk right now. That's what your brain's going to tell you. Your brain's going to tell you, slow down. Like, why are you running so fast? It's hard to breathe. Like it's all a protective response in our bodies. So those that can really push it at the end are those that can kind of overcome those signals from their brains and tell the brain and say, hey, you know what? I'm safe. Like I am not going to pass out. And obviously this is like, hey, you're not running in 90 degrees, 100% humidity, dew points super high. Like you're not running in unsafe conditions where everyone's like dropping like flies, right? So this is the Healthy Runner podcast. So we just want to put out that disclaimer. We don't want any heat strokes happening from our tips today. Um, but if you don't have any of those signs and symptoms of heat stroke and you have not stopped sweating, right? If you're sweating, that's a good thing. Um, and you know, you're able to push and it's just a matter of telling your brain like, Hey, I'm okay. I'm not injured. Um, I know it's going to be, it's going to be easier to walk, but you know what? I have to keep pushing through. I have to push through. And yeah, that that's been um, very helpful. So for those who want that episode, episode 76 um, is really, we talked about kind of pushing the limits and kind of getting that mental edge during a race. That's one that I listened to actually before all of my races, uh, just to get my mindset right and kind of be able to push it a little bit. Paul shared some great tips on that one. So I just dropped that into uh, Facebook um, as well. And yeah, pain is temporary. Strava is forever. That's another good one. Yep. I like it. I like it. Yep. <laughs> exactly. Yep. Uh, yeah. I so to do this. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, you shared the race strategy, which yep. we talked about is, is honestly guys. So key, you know, those of our clients who implement the strategy are those that hit their race goals. Um, usually when someone doesn't hit their race goals in terms of time, it's usually we can see it. When we look at final surge, we look at their paces. Um, I can just think of one, you know, individual that I had last year who literally went out in the first third of the race, like literally two minutes faster per mile. This was a marathon, by the way two minutes faster per mile than their goal average pace and literally blew up, like finished an hour and something, you know, later than their goal was. And it was very clear <laughs> what they did, right? It was like looking at their paces. It's like it, you literally did the opposite of what we talked about. Um, but it was clear they learned from it. And the next time they went out, they actually executed the plan and they hit their goal. So, and I tell my clients that because it is just, it's so easy to just fall into the pack and you feel like, and you feel good. And guys, like I'm 
trust me, I am not talking from a pedestal by any means. I am not like some super fast runner. Um, I have not had like this whole race thing figured out by any means. Um, I totally did that for my marathon that I mentioned earlier. Like I literally felt great. Like if you asked me first 10 miles, I was like, man, I was on top of the world. Like I was feeling awesome. I was like, what is this pace? I guess I was too conservative because, you know, I was like, I don't know. I've never run a marathon before. Right. Maybe I was too conservative with my guesstimate. Um, and I was like feeling great. And I was literally going out too fast, like the first 10 miles, way too fast. And I hit a huge smack in the face wall where literally every muscle in my lower body cramped up and seized up. And my knees were locked. They couldn't bend. And then my calves would lock up. My foot was like pointed down. It was just terrible. Um, so I don't want that to happen to you guys because hobbling, walking, trying to jog for 6.2 miles was misery. Like that was probably the worst thing. And it was really deflating to my ego, especially when I was on track for like way less than a sub four for my first marathon. I was like, man, I'm like going to crush this first marathon. And then it's like, I'm plus four hours. So it, it was like deflating to my ego and it was extremely painful to try to jog and walk through those uh, cramping muscles. So don't do what I did on my marathon follow like i wish i had this and i wish i had this training before this my marathon we're this five out. years ago exactly yes why we're sharing all of yes. our oopsies with you so that you don't do them yes yes all right so that was all tip number eight so what is tip number nine tip number nine is sorry you're not done yet so yeah <laughs> you finish it finish you cross the finish line but you need to cool down you cannot just stop and sit down Okay, you can't, it's like driving a car, you're going 60 miles an hour, you can't just slam on your brakes, that's really bad for your car, right? You can't cross the finish line, grab your metal and go sit on the curb. You need to walk around, you know, five to 15 minutes, like jog, walk around, kind of like cool down like you do normally from your long runs or your tempo workouts or your intervals, whatever. You need to cool your body down properly because you, you just do, okay? Don't. I promise, don't sit down. There, um, you need to get some carbs, you need to get some protein, you need to get some fat, you need to get some fluids, and you need to celebrate. You need to take that picture biting your metal. You need to take the picture by the finish sign or the arch that you've run through. Don't do it while other people are running because they'll get really mad that you're in the way. But you need to take celebratory pictures. You need to high five your kids and your husband and your friends that came to support you. and your parents or whoever, and you need to have fun, but you need to cool down first. So. Yeah. You're going to want to literally just sit on the floor and I've seen people do this. Um, it just makes it that much harder to get up from the floor. And it really just kind of puts that whole recovery process, like at a standstill. Um, so even if you went out hard, you got a PR, you raced hard, your quads are, you know, feel like, you know, you don't want to do anything whatsoever. And it's actually quite painful to jog lightly um, from a muscle standpoint, not like you have an injury or, you know, joint pain or swelling, none of that. But it's like literally muscle soreness is already kicking in. 
um, and your quads don't want to function, you know, a brisk walk, a super light jog, like just shuffle those feet just to try to get some of, you know, those toxins and lactic acid buildup, everything out of your muscle flushed into the circulatory system um, is going to be super helpful for you. Um, I've like made some weird noises, like trying to get a jog after a, you know, really fast half marathon. Um, it's hard to do, but your body will thank you um, later in a couple hours and more importantly, the next day. So yeah, try your best to keep moving around a little bit um, and even do if, that recovery. Even if that just means you're like, you've done your little jog and you're just walking through some races have like a big finish celebration area that they handle bagels and chocolate milk. And I had one that handed out popsicles, like just make your way, grab all the things and just keep walking, keep walking, eat your bagel, drink your chocolate milk, keep walking, keep walking, go find the massage tent, walk a little bit, park somebody in line for you, keep walking, come back and check on them and just walk around until it's your turn and go get your massage. Yeah. And I will kind of, before I get on that soapbox, I will just say first off that, um, recovery after your race is, is going to be important to kickstart that recovery process. We've done a deep dive training on that. And that was episode 38. Um, so I dropped that link. It will be in the show notes again. Um, really getting a little bit more in depth to what we're kind of mentioning right here of like, what should you do after your race? And, you know, the, I guess two points that I will make is, you know, the massage therapist and the PTs that are at the races before the race, um, massage would be okay, especially if you've had, um, some muscles that felt tight, um, not too aggressive too deep tissue sports massage, um, manual stretching before your race, you really shouldn't be doing that at all. Um, I see it all the time at every race. Um, and I understand like, Hey, I'm a PT and there are some PTs that do a lot of manual stretching and it can be helpful after you're warmed up, but it really makes no sense to do that before your race. Like we said before, we want to warm up with dynamic warm up and actually movement and turning muscles on and not trying to stretch a cold muscle, um, before it needs to be used. And, um, there's been plenty of research out there that shows static stretching before activity could possibly hinder performance versus, uh, improve. Um, and then the other thing I'll mention is after, I don't know about you guys, but after a really long, hard, long run, and definitely after races, it's super hard to stretch your muscles because your muscles have been traumatized and they're like, you've implemented literally trauma to your muscles if you've gone hard right? So your muscles are trying to repair and there's inflammation. They do not want to be stretched. <laughs> so, um, I would highly recommend if you are going to do any stretching at all, it's super gentle, very gentle stretching. Um, and really focusing more on like foam rolling, like foam rolling, just trying to like give a little bit love to those muscles, shut off some of the nervous system, um, impulses to those muscles and not do a lot of like heavy duty manual stretching and don't think like, Hey, I'm going to have this PT stretch my hamstrings. Cause it feels tight. Like it's tight. Cause you were contracting your hamstrings for 
5,000 steps during a race or 50,000. I don't even know, right? How many steps we take during a half marathon or a marathon. Um, but it's probably going to, again, add more trauma to those muscles because they don't want to be stretched aggressively at that point. And then same thing for massage as well. I've heard some, you know, some folks, um, you know, frown upon if you're going to have anyone massage after make sure it's super gentle. Cause again, there's still inflammation in your body and your muscles. The best time for massage is after a couple of days, right? So after I would say three days after your really hard race, then that's when you should like book a massage with your therapist, um, as opposed to like right after the race. Um, again, you just want like light movement, light mobility, light foam rolling, light massage. If you do want to go to the, you know, the free massage at the race event. Um, but yeah, that's, that's my little soapbox there for. I'll say that the mass- I don't let them touch my legs. It's from carrying my hydration pack. Like my shoulders and my upper back get so tight. And maybe, maybe I'm doing this when I run, I don't have potato chip hands, yeah. but I, you know, the, the shoulders, they I think my everyone, shoulders and my upper back. When you're pushing your pace that hard, right. And you're in that last third and you're really pushing it. There's no way everyone's upper traps are like relaxed. Like I've never had a race where my upper traps didn't feel sore. Like if I did some like heavy shrugs or something right next day, you're getting like doms of your upper traps or just like weird muscles, you know, sometimes your stabilizers and your ankle, your shin, um, or my adductors, my adductors or abs. Both like of them, my yeah. adductors, my inner thigh, you know, muscles would be like sore. You're like, oh, this is weird. Like, I've never had sore adductors before. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So that is uh, tip number nine. So it's tip number 10. Last tip here. Celebrate. <laughs> celebrate and have perspective. You want to celebrate your race. You guys, you spent how long training for this? You did it. And most likely you crushed your goal right? Because you followed the tips and tricks that we've just provided and you've absolutely crushed it. So you need to celebrate whether that means going out for, to dinner with your friends, whether that means you get to buy a new shirt, whether that means you're just having extra chocolate milk, whatever you want to do. It's about you. You finished, you crushed it, celebrate that. But after the race is also a great time to have a little perspective. Maybe you didn't crush your goal. Maybe you missed it by I don't know, 30 seconds, something. Sometimes that can be really hard, but it's a great time to think back and say, okay, I did go out too hard. Or maybe I shouldn't have tried the new fuel, like my coaches warned, and I wouldn't have had the potty stop if I had listened. So you can kind of reflect a little bit, or maybe you did great and you want to take notes. I have a, a um, I don't even know what it's called, a race journal that I keep. And it's a training log. I mark down all my runs, how I felt after them, that kind of thing. And then I can go back next year and be like, oh, when I ran the Mesa half last year, I said I went out too hard and I missed my pace goal by, or my finish goal by 30 seconds. So this time I'm going to do X, Y, and Z. Or maybe you totally crushed it and you can say, well, I did this last time. If I do the exact same thing, I can, I can crush my goal or do better. So having a little perspective, celebrating, sometimes the perspective comes later in the night, you know, after all the adrenaline and the hype has worn off a little and you're settling into your hotel room or your nice cozy bed, but 
celebrate, 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 because you earned it. You earned it. Every time you say celebrate, I got like cool in the gang, like playing I know, in the I background. You, like, I'm just there. like feeling it. I'm feeling it. And everyone knows what I'm talking about. Okay. Don't play it off. Like you guys don't know what I'm talking about. Like you've heard the song at every wedding that you ever attended, every sweet 16 bar bat mitzvah, right. As a kid. Um, there we go. Quinceanera. Um, yeah, you know what song I'm talking about. Um, so let's do this as we kind of go into, and this is again, one of my most favorite, I'm going to do a little share screen um, with you guys here. And this is the actual blueprint here. And Coach Whitney just shared these 10 tips with you. And this next section, I really, really dig in this next section here. This is our race ready checklist. So if you guys didn't know, Coach Whitney is like our gearhead, right? And we've done a full episode on running gear. So you will have to check out that episode. Um, I wish I had the number off the top of my head. You don't happen to know it, do you? I don't, but I feel like we should do another one because I like gear a lot. We can do an update. We can do a gear update. Absolutely. There's always new stuff uh, coming out. So, and now because I, I am going to really not be able to sleep tonight, if I don't get it to you, there it is. Episode 80 is going to be running gear um, episode and I'm going to even drop the link uh, within Facebook as well. Um, this is a great one. But in this checklist here, uh, here, talk us through this here. What, what, what were you thinking when you put this together right. here? So, well, I'm trying to scroll on your screen, but I have my printout. So I'm just going to look at my printout. <laughs> I don't know I'm trying to scroll. So I kind of divided things up into different categories, gear, clothing, essentials, gear chest bag, food and drinks, post-race, and additional items. Maybe you take medication or something like that you, that you need to remember, an inhaler, something like that can go on that list, on those blanks. But there are little convenient little check boxes because I'm super type A. So you can print this out and you can check them off. I didn't print mine in color, but you can check them off as you pack them in your bag to go into your car on race morning or to go into your suitcase. So I'm gonna just kind of go over some, I'm not going to list them all because you can see them here in yes. our checklist, but reservations for dinner the night before or your celebration dinner, very important because if, especially if it's a big race, if you're doing New York or Chicago or Boston or London, those are huge races. Trying to get reservations day of or walk up to a restaurant, not going to happen. So you need to make your race reservations or your dinner reservations like probably a couple of weeks in advance. Um, I know my race, like I said, is in six weeks. My husband already made reservations. It's in Spokane, Washington, which is where he did his undergrad. So he knows all the cool places. So he picked a place. Um, I think it's called the old spaghetti factory or something, but get, get some pasta pre-race. Um, so it'll be, you need to do that or your celebration dinner, something. Um, you need to have your race fuel. It's in here, your race fuel or your electrolyte drinks, your snacks, your recovery drink salt tabs. I know, I don't think Brooke likes salt tabs, but I swear by them because I'm a super salty sweater. So it helps to replace your electrolytes. Then there's your essentials, things you don't really think about. You're going to want to bring safety pins. Yes, they usually provide safety pins, but sometimes they run out. Bring safety pins or bring your bib boards, which I love because they don't put a hole in your shirt. Bring your bib yes. boards. Um, your race bib. Don't forget your race bib. If you forget your race bib, you don't get to race. I know it sounds silly, but it actually hasn't happened to me, surprisingly, but it has happened to people. I know for a fact. 
um, you want directions to the start, to the finish, to your hotel, to the expo, all those kinds of things. Your clothing, we kind of went over that when you lay out your flat runner, but some of the things that you might not think about are your throwaway layers. A lot of races have, you can just toss, you can take off your overshirt, your overshirt, your shirt, and you can toss it on the side of the road and they collect them and donate them to the homeless shelters or to kids in need or to different charities throughout the city. Um, it's actually a great way you can just grab something, even if it doesn't fit you right, because you're going to just toss it. Same with gloves. A lot of races in the colder months, I don't know how it is back in Connecticut, but they give us those weird white, really big gloves. Mm -hmm. And you just see them lining the side, lining the side of the race. Like people just chuck them and they donate them to the homeless, which is awesome. Um, I think we talked about all those things on the clothing. Post-race, if you're traveling, if you're driving, take a foam roller, take a massage stick, the roller stick. I like the Adaday one because it has the nubbies that kind of go over, get in the yes. areas of your, yes. of your skin. It feels great. Um, Band-aids, because you're probably going to have a blister or two. You might have some spots you miss applying your body glide or your squirrel's nut butter, and you're going to have some chafing. And trust me, if you got the chafing on your back from your undies and you go to put on a pair of blue jeans, it's not going to feel so good. So bring the little ones, bring the big ones. You'll be glad you have them. Your gear, sunscreen. It doesn't matter what time of year you are racing, you should have sunscreen. You do not want to get a sunburn. You do not want to get skin cancer. Wear it. But if you haven't been wearing sunscreen on your long runs, you need to be. And you need to try it before you run because you need to make or your race. You want to make sure it doesn't gonna, it's not going to run into your eyes. It's not going to burn your skin because when you sweat, your pores open up. And if you're putting that sunscreen on that you've never tried, your arms could be like on fire. So try your sunscreen, like everything else, nothing new on race day. Um, your hydration system, your headphones. If you're going to listen to music, you need to make sure you have those and they're charged or they plug in. Um, your watch. I mentioned going to the race and forgetting my watch. Like, seriously, guys, how does that happen? I needed a new watch. And so I had it charging like in the wall, right on like the island of our counter. It was sitting right there. And I was like, I'm going to grab it. I'll see it. I had packed everything in the car. I was ready to go, got in the car, got all the way to the race and went to hit run to get the GPS. And I was like, oh, where's my watch? Totally left it on the counter. So, you know, I'm that person that's hitting the timer start on my phone and oh trying my to goodness. get in my pack and like pull Talking it out. Talking about stress. Finish. Oh, it was oh. terrible. Although that was one of my best 5Ks because I didn't, wasn't watching my paces. But, um, chapstick now if you are new to this podcast i'm going to drop this really awesome tip with you again now i don't have the correct one here but the chapstick the black original chapstick not strawberry this one's hot cocoa not hot cocoa not <laughs> any of the other flavors the black original one if you put it on your eyebrows it prevents sweat from dripping into your eyes but it also is great for your lips to keep them from getting sunburn, from getting the wind, wind burn. I don't know why, for some reason, when I race, my lips are always super chapped after. But eyebrows and lips, bring your chapstick, the black one. Black True chapstick. story. You can find it in the checkout aisle of most grocery stores and Target and Walmart and all those places. 
So. I, I did that last summer and that was like a game changer. Yeah. That saved my eyes on yeah. all of my long sweaty runs and races. There are like some race photos. Like if you guys are watching the video version, you see, I got some grays, right? I got a little salt and pepper going on, but like my eyebrows were like all white. Cause I had like chapstick. I was like, shh, shh. my bushy eyebrows, they were like all white. And I didn't care. I was like, Hey, you know what? I ain't going to be having sweat dripping into my eyes during the race. Yeah, it's one of my favorite tips. I like to share it with everybody. Another thing that's really odd, but might come in handy, especially if you have a hydration pack and you have a little bit of extra room, take some tissues or some toilet paper in a plastic Ziploc because you never know if that porta potty is going to have toilet paper or if you're not going to be able to find a porta potty and you have to go in the bushes. I was on a long run with a friend and she had to use her belegas because she didn't have toilet paper. Okay. Yeah. So she had one sock on for the last half of the run. Oh my goodness. You don't want to be that person. <laughs> but you also need to bring a Ziploc because you can't just leave that stuff on the side of the road. So yes, that's a good thing to have. And you never know if you trip and you cut your knee, you cut your hand, you can kind of clean that up a little bit. I always have it in my hydration pack. I have a little Ziploc that has a couple of band-aids, a couple of tissues and a couple of hair ties because you never know with those things. Hair ties. You need to bring extra hair ties. Girls, ladies. You never know what one is going to snap, even if it's brand new. You're putting it around your ponytail, tightening your ponytail before the race, and it snaps. Your SOL, right? Like, have a couple extras. Have a couple extras. When I run, when I race, I braid my ponytail because otherwise it like gets super tangly. And then I use those little clear plastic ones at the end to hold my braid. So I have a couple of the big ones and a couple of the little ones in my little Ziploc. Trust me. You don't One thing be, I don't need to worry about. You don't want to have your like <laughs> hair just like fly. Talk about it getting stuck in your eyebrows. Like that would just be a disaster. Okay. Your gear check bag. Not all races have gear check bags or bag drops. They call them different things. But in there, you want to have dry clothes. There's nothing worse than standing around the end of a race in a sweaty shirt. And you're like shivering because you're so cold and they don't have the space blankets. Right. Bring some extra clothes. Um, I've gotten into the back of my husband's car after a 20 mile run and literally stripped everything and put on dry clothes because we had yes. to go to Costco and I'm not walking yes. around Costco sweaty and cold. You want that? Some recovery shoes. Um, Key. Whether you wear Birkenstocks or you wear Ufos or whatever. Ufos. Yeah, that's my jam. I really like those Adidas. Do you guys remember in like the 90s? Adidas? Yeah, really? Soccer yeah. With the little like nubbies. Yeah. And like kind of hurt your feet. You have to put on your compression socks first and then those because they like, they're like the, um, yeah, the recovery socks. <laughs> yeah. So, it's like the Boso that we had right? on two I know, episodes I right ago. Here. I know. I just took mine off. Um, but yeah. I actually have mine on <laughs> as well right now. <laughs> it's right here on my desk. Um, so you want to have compression socks. You want to be able to put those on. If you guys have not seen my tip on how to get those on, you need to go to our Instagram page or spark your training Instagram page and watch the reel that I made about how to get your compression socks on without fighting them and without getting angry and saying bad words. It is very helpful. And I promise it will make you very happy. Um, sweatshirt and jacket. Cause like I said, you're going to be cold. Even if it's a hot day, you're going to be cold because you're sweating. Okay, you've changed your clothes, but you're still going to want a sweatshirt, a light jacket, even just for like five minutes, then you can take it off, whatever. 
and you want to have some credit card and some money. Um, the last race I was at, a friend of mine at the end was like, oh, I really want, I can't, she wanted a coffee or something and she didn't have her credit card. So I had mine, I lent it to her, but you never know what's going to be at the end. Maybe you didn't buy the finisher's jacket because you wanted to make sure you actually earned it. Now's your time to go buy that because you have your credit card. So that can be in your drop bag. Now, if your race doesn't have a place, a designated drop bag place, you can leave it in your car. You can leave it with your friend. Just you want to make sure you have it at the end of the race so you can take care of all the things. Yeah, for me, out of all of those, definitely getting out of the the sweaty clothing is key. Um, but then also the recovery shoes, like I want to get out of my sneakers as quick as possible when that race is over, especially if it's like a big race and you're standing around for a while, you're hanging out with people, you're waiting for people to finish. Um, you don't want to be in your race sneakers, um, for like an hour or two after you're done, your toes are shot. Like they've been like, been through so much during this run. Cause you were running faster. They're like hitting the sides, you know, you might have a blister or two, or even if it's not a blister, it's just pressure. Like your toes want to breathe. They're like, set me free. Right. Uh, so yeah. the recovery shoes are like the biggest thing that I've really implemented. And as we kind of, kind of close this out here, coach Winnie, this next page here is really the race day game plan. Those watching the video version, um, you know, can see that it's like foolproof. Like you literally can print this out and you just go backwards from your race. Like what time does the race start? Like what time does it start? What time do I need to get to the actual start line? And then you work your way back. What time you need to wake up, get dressed. You're going to eat at this time. And you literally write it out. You plan it out ahead of time. Take the guesswork out of that morning. This will help you tremendously because an anxious brain a nervous brain, you forget one thing, and now your whole plan goes out the window. If you have this written out in advance, you can literally pick it up and be like, wait, okay, what do I need to do at this time? What time do I need to leave again my house? So I'm not stressing and getting to my race late. What time do I actually need to do the warm up? Right? So it's all laid out here for you guys. So again, one more reason to really get your blueprint. It's free, right? This is a free resource. I think it's going to be a tremendous resource, not only for this next race that you're running, but all future races, honestly. Um, these are the tried, true, and tested strategies that we talked about. You'll always have them. You can save it to your computer, print it out, do whatever you want with it, but it will be super, super helpful. And if you are really a runner who has been struggling to like figure out this whole race thing or even struggling to train for a race and actually get it right. Like that is exactly the problem we solve in our healthy runner coaching program, our one-on-one -on -one program, um, coach Whitney and the rest of our coaching team, you know, this is our signature program and we would love to kind of take you through the strategies to actually get stronger, um, with specific strength training exercises for runners as well as dial in your running plan with your busy schedule and even keep you injury free along the way. So that's what we specialize in. And if you're really looking to, you know, get a PR at your next race or run a big, scary race for the first time, right? It's your first half marathon. It's your first marathon. Um, 
getting some guidance so you don't make all the mistakes like I made, right? That first time around um, is going to be super, super important. Um, and that's what we do with all the runners in our community. Um, we've had some amazing, amazing wins uh, these you know past couple of weeks now that we've started with some spring races. And you know, no matter what what time of the year you're listening to this, if you have a race on your calendar, um, you know, the sooner you contact, I get that question a lot too, is kind of, Hey, I'm interested in working with you guys. Um, would love to, you know, get the guidance of your coaching team. You know, when should I start? And, you know, the sooner you can start implementing the training principles, because we're all about getting you stronger, keeping you healthy for a lifelong running and not only about one race. I understand that your short-term goal is like, you see one race in your future, but I'm sure you're not running right now for that one race. You're running most likely right now because it makes you feel good, right? It makes you a better person for your family. You're not like lashing out at them. You're more productive at work. You're not as stressed. You're noticing days you don't run, you are like a stress ball, right? So it's your mental clarity and we all get it. That's why we run and we want you to be able to do that for your lifetime. And there are, there are principles to get you there in terms of your strength plan, your run plan, and to build you up and keep you from getting in this constant injury cycle that so many people go from no training to now I'm half marathon training or now I'm marathon training and my knees start hurting or, and I get my shin splints again, and here's my plantar fasciitis again, right? So the sooner you can get started the better. Um, if you want to learn more about our program, we'll hop on a quick call and to make sure it's a good fit for you, because I'm going to be completely honest with you. And if it's not a good fit, I will point you in the right direction. Um, there's no big, like scary sales pitch or anything like that. I'm not going to like sucker you into an offer that isn't right for you. We want to make sure we are all about getting, you know, outcomes and be able to get your goal. And if you're not a good fit, then I'm going to point you in the right direction. But if you want to learn, if you are a good fit to work with our team, uh, just head to programs.sparkyourtraining.com forward slash coaching. And then you can grab a slot on my calendar and we will chat uh, to make sure that you are a good fit. If you want to work with Coach Whitney, myself, or anyone on our team, um, we want to be able to guide more runners to be able to feel strong and confident during the end of your race, like Katya did uh, last Saturday, as I mentioned earlier, and like so many of our runners have, we've, we just have like so many wins in our community. It's just been great to see. Um, it's exactly like you and I said it this morning, actually, it's why we do what we do, right? It's why I pivoted my career as a physical therapist, only being in the clinic, getting rid of someone's foot pain and never seeing them after they're done with pain, never seeing them actually accomplish a big, scary race goal. Now I get to see and really take people to that finish line, literally, um, by providing the structure of that strength run plan and preventing that, you know, injury that's been bugging them for years and getting over it finally and for good. Um, and I know that's why you're so passionate about, um, how you work with runners yourself, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. The, my favorite part is watching, seeing those after pictures, you know, with the medal or I think it was Katya that had that fabulous crossing the finish line picture. Wasn't that her? Yeah. 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 Oh, like that, <laughs> like the smile just says it all. That's exactly 100% why I like coaching. 
this is like my jam. I love helping people do hit their goals and just make them happy. Makes me happy. I know. It's it's just amazing like when we can push ourselves to stuff that we've never thought was possible. Right? If you told me like I would be a runner 11 12 years ago, I would have laughed at you. You'd be like, "I'm not going to be a runner. Like I just work out in the gym, right?" And, you know, if you told me after my hip surgery like I'd be able to like run a marathon, I would have like laughed at you. Right? I'd be like, "No, that's like the worst thing for your hip, right?" I would have been like saying that, right? And it's just amazing when other runners are able to, you know, accomplish like hard things. And that's what we just love. So yeah, yeah that's um, guys, again, if you want the blueprint, everything we talked about in this episode, we really dialed in, I guess I'll recap for you is the 10 tips to really set yourself up for race day success. Obviously, you needed to train for the race. If you didn't train for the race, and you just go it out there winging it, we, we can't tell you that these 10 tips are going to be like the secret sauce, right? But if you put the training in, you train properly, and then this is how you're going to execute for your big race day. Um, so just kind of, if you're watching the video version again on Facebook, replay or spark your training YouTube channel, first off, thank you so much for watching and just type in blueprint or type in race in the comment box. I will shoot you the direct link. If you're listening to the podcast, click the link in the show notes. You can download your free copy today. And um, yeah, thank you coach for coming on and sharing and thank you for putting this together. Um, this has been a fun project. We got to do more of these good. in the future. Yeah, this is very fun. Thank you for having me. I like sharing all my oopsies with everybody and hopefully they can learn from my mistakes. So yeah, we fun. all learn. We're not only lifelong runners, but we're lifelong learners, right? And we're always yes. learning something new every day. You taught me many, many tricks, chapstick being one of them uh, that we mentioned and the socks we've talked about before you've helped me with. So yeah, I love learning. I love kind of geeking out on this stuff, learning more and more. And if you guys are, you know, if any of this was helpful and you found this helpful, like the only thing I ask is like literally share it with a running friend of yours who doesn't know these principles of how to actually prepare for a race. I think this is again, one of those episodes that's almost like required listening or required reading. If you're, you know, checking out the blueprint, I feel like it's a disservice for runners to not know this information heading into their race. Um, so share it with a friend, hit copy link, send them a text message, send them an email, send them a Facebook messenger, hit them up in DMs and Instagram um, and send it to them because this will help not only you, but all of your running crew, your running friends, your running buddies, um, your running group, your local running group um, to be successful at their race. So thank you guys for tuning in. As always, we appreciate you guys tuning in each and every week. We love doing this. We just love talking running and being able to share the things we've went through, things we've learned along the way. And again, Coach Winnie, congrats to you on double running coaching certifications there. <laughs> Yeah, it's been it's been quite a trip. Uh, coaching middle school track and field, they uh, there are only a few of them that actually want to run, and then they're surprised when you make them run. So it's been it's been a trip. I'm sure it is. Um, having a middle school daughter myself, I know how those middle schoolers are. I think that is like the toughest age, if 
I was a teacher. Um, I think middle school has got to be the most challenging. If any of you middle school teachers out there, like I praise you guys because that is one age group that I do not think I would want to teach. So oh, I'm happy with my entering, graduate college students. <laughs> we're entering that next year. My oldest is going to middle school and oh, I like no. cringe just thinking about it. Yeah. Oh yeah. Get ready. Get ready. Yeah. All right, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. As always, let's stay active. Let's stay healthy and let's just keep on running. Until next time, guys. Bye. Bye. Hey, healthy runners. Have you been listening to this podcast for a while and have been implementing the strategies we talk about on a weekly basis? If so, kudos to you for taking action because we all know those that are successful are those that take action. However, I do talk to many of you runners and you guys are trying to implement the strategies. Maybe you've seen some exercises on my Spark Your Training YouTube channel, but you're just not sure if that is exactly what you should be doing depending upon your situation. So if you're looking for clarity and focus in order to be able to collapse time so you don't have to figure it out all by yourself, that is exactly what we take care of with our team of experts in our one-on-one personalized run coaching program to get you stronger and faster so you can enjoy lifelong injury-free running. What do you get when you sign up for the Healthy Runner Coaching Program? You get 16 weeks of one-to-one run and strength training, coaching, and accountability. You get strategic one-on-one deep dive coaching on a monthly basis. You get focused feedback on your training on a weekly basis. You get the strength program for running resource library and you get lifetime access to that. You also get an online personalized structured run and strength plan. You get a community of like-minded runners and then access to our trusted healthy runner coaching team made up of certified run coaches, a physical therapist, a registered dietitian, and personal trainers and fitness instructors. If you are interested in seeing if you are a good fit to work with myself or anyone on our team, then just head to sparkyourtraining.com forward slash coaching. Check out the behind the scenes video tour of the program and hear from runners just like you who have been through our program before. We would love to provide you the clarity on what you should be focusing on in your training, whether it is getting stronger with strength training, the specific types of runs you should be doing, or the nutrition you should be fueling your body with for those runs. If you're ready to get the support and accountability you need to take action and put the work in, then I would love to hop on a call with you to see if you're a good fit for a one-on-one healthy runner coaching program. Just head to sparkyourtraining.com forward slash coaching and get signed up for your enrollment strategy call with me today. Thanks so much for listening. And if you found this content valuable, here's four ways I can help you grow as a runner for free. One, grab a free copy of my Spark Blueprint at programs.sparkyourtraining.com. Two, follow my Instagram page at sparkyourtraining. Three, join my free group by searching Healthy Runner in Facebook. Four, subscribe to my YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash sparkyourtraining. Five, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more influential runners and bring those lessons back to you here. Don't forget, hit the subscribe button on Apple Podcasts or the follow button on Spotify so you don't miss the next episode of Healthy Runner to help you get stronger, faster, so you can enjoy lifelong injury-free running. Lastly, if you are ready to invest in becoming a lifelong injury-free runner and want one-on-one structure, accountability, and support, 
from our Healthy Runner coaching team, check out the behind the scenes video tour of our coaching program and the stories from many of our athletes who are struggling with the same sticking points that you are right now. Just head to programs.sparkyourtraining.com forward slash coaching. Thank you again, and I mean it from the bottom of my heart that I appreciate you for listening. Now go and crush your run today.